Yeah, what's up? What's going on, everybody? It's Super Dave back at it with the PA Political Revolution podcast. Back at it again, and we have a special guest today. We have a special guest today, a gentleman by the name of Mr. Joseph Guillory. Mr. Joseph Guillory is going to be running for the uh, Justice of the Peace precinct two. And Mr. Guillory, can you go ahead and give us an introduction about yourself for the people that's not familiar with you or kind of uh, uh, been living under a rock lately, brother? <laughs> hey, thank you, Dave, for this opportunity yes, to share with the people. I'm Joseph Guillory, and I'm running for Justice of the Peace uh, Precinct 2 here in Port Arthur. I'm a native Port Arthur, graduated from Lincoln High School in 1986. Um, this has been my home. It's always been my home. Um, everything about me says Port Arthur. All the passion that I have is because of what Port Arthur gave me. Um, I'm currently serving my second term on the on the school board. I've served on the EDC board. Uh, I'm a former deputy sheriff. I got over 25 years of uh, professional business experience. You know, so I, I feel confident, David, that uh, I, I made the right choice uh, in this election as well as one previous uh, that we ran and. Uh, it was a blessing then, and, and I know that this election is going to also be a, a blessing uh, to to the people and the citizens here of Port Arthur. Okay, and uh, can you tell us what what was the motivation? What was the um, the why factor or the it factor that, said, that made Joseph Gillis say, "Hey, I want to go ahead and run for the JP"? Can you tell us a little bit about that process? David, how much time do we have? Hey, hey, we have as <laughs> much time as you want, brother. As much time as you want. Well, look, in the last election, and there's nothing much different in the last election because the same issues that we had then, they're greater now uh, because of a conversation that was held uh, not too long ago when uh, Constable Collins uh, retired. And it was talk uh, about possibly not even filling uh, his position as an interim. I thought that would be ludicrous because we cannot afford to lose any representation here in Port Arthur. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on, for, hold on for a second. Let's go ahead and come back because we because because you didn't jump right on in it. Okay, you didn't jump right on in it. So, you asked me why. We got to tell the people oh, why. Oh, they, absolutely, they absolutely. So you're talking about uh, Constable Eddie Collins, right? Constable Eddie Collins, when he had uh, retired his position, you're saying that the uh, with the county the county judge, or you said or the. Or the commissioner, the county judge, was the one that was having conversation. Attention uh, about a, a conversation that he was having, or maybe the commissioner's court, or whoever were having with the the county judge. And um, it's scary to think that the end game is to how would I say uh, take representation from the citizens of Port Arthur. You know, I, I was sitting back thinking about how nice it was when we were kids and growing up and how Port Arthur was booming. And uh, we had three high schools and and we had, uh, I don't know if anybody remember Blackies on, on Houston Avenue. Right, yeah, I remember, I remember Blackies. Uh, or the meat market on Gillum Circle. Well, we had a lot of things in our community, Myers Automotive on Houston Avenue. Uh, we had a lot of things, a lot of resources. We had Transit Mix was on Austin Avenue. And I start looking at what has transpired over the last 35 years. And 
with the with with the consolidation of a, of a high school, uh, the relocation uh, of our of our people out toward 365, uh, we put some band aids on some situations. We we haven't done what we ought to do for the people and the citizens. And 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 one of our issues is employment. And and and, I, and, I, and I'm kind of I'm kind of uh, steering back to this because we're gonna go back to representation. Okay, just a okay. I was about because, to say okay <laughs> because I want you to I want you just to, to feel this because there's there's some some compassion and some passion in what I'm saying. Right, right. And the concern to um, take away our representation as we know it. Uh, uh, going back to uh, Culver Terrace, uh, you and I probably have had this discussion. They could have uh, relocated themselves if they were given a job. They were they were living right next door to two, three, three of the major industrial refineries we have in our community. Right. So so moving them, it didn't help. It didn't help them because they still don't have the resources that they that they need that we need in in this community. Um, so it's a combination of a lot of things, but. But going back to the meeting that was held and the conversation that was uh, that was brought to our attention, uh, the commissioner had the power to make the decision. He didn't have to come and and inform us, but he did, and I was appreciative to that. Uh, but the fact still remains: uh, why did he come? Okay, which commission are you talking about, Mr. Shane Senegal? Yes, Commissioner. Senegal. Okay. And again, I want to say, I, you know, I appreciate his effort, right, you know, right, and, yes, and keeping us informed. And but you know, the right thing to do was to make sure that that somebody in that seat that should be without question, right? Um, whether or not it was a slug at the county or uh, uh, judge, and, and and maybe he backed off. I don't know. Maybe he backed off once he realized he was going to have an opponent, and this was going to have some adverse uh, effect. Right. But sitting there, what I'm hearing. What I'm hearing is a conversation about what it would look like if we did not have these offices. What would this city look like? So when we when I start when I start that approach and I start looking at it, I had to go look for the numbers. I had to say, well, if they're gonna do that, how are they gonna justify doing that? Right, right. And and a case can easily be made with the numbers. Now when we look at this particular precinct, this is the larger of the two precincts. So uh, if they re-adjust uh, the precincts, re redraw the lines or what have you, however they decide to do it, if, they, if they're gonna do it, uh, maybe that's part of, has already been done. I don't know how that's really gonna uh, make much of a difference if these offices are not being productive. You're talking about the JPs, right? The JP office, right. the JP office. The JP office is creating a deficit. See, there's a lot of people that depend on on this. Uh, the constable office depends on uh, the, the the court to provide them with the revenue. You know, all everything works together. Okay, so let me go ahead. So, and, let me go ahead and stop with you right there and interject a minute. So, so let me get this straight. So, basically, what you're saying that when you started, when you st when you're talking about the Eddie Collins position, right? So you're basically saying um, the reason how they can, the reason why you tied it into the JP position because the reason how they can get rid of positions like uh, Mr. Eddie Collins, former position, and uh, the JP position is with the numbers, right? If the numbers are all off, they can 
justify cutting that position and uh, creating a savings? Is that kind of what you're going at? That's kind of what, what would happen. Now, I don't know when it's going to happen, but to have that conversation or to be a part of that conversation, they've been thinking along these lines for a very long time. Right, right. So, so when I look at this position and I look at what this, what this office has done over the last 11 years, I mean, I was blown away with what I found. It, it appears by the number that uh, they were trying to run it in the ground because it created a deficit. This office itself has created over the last 11 years uh, a million uh, dollar deficit. And it's actually a million 82,000 uh, deficit and the numbers have haven't completely come in yet. I, I, you know, I just probably need to go and get the completed numbers for, but that's as of 1129 of 2021, the numbers that I'm speaking of. Now, I want you to pay attention very closely to this. The numbers have declined consistently. It was it never, it never, it never came back up. I just want to make sure you know. Okay, which numbers you're talking about? The JP numbers, the the revenue numbers. Okay, revenue. Okay, the income. Revenue okay. numbers, uh, the income numbers, uh, have shown to decline over the last eleven years. There's there's been no spike to come back up. You know, so so that would suggest to me that there's nothing being done to address that. Okay. Right. Okay. And for the people that don't know, how does the uh, the JP office creates money? How does it work for people that don't understand? <laughs> Well, you know, this court handles uh, tenant and, uh, and landlord disputes. So filings, the more you file in the court, that's how they generate income. Now, the other way is through citations that are filed. In this case, those citations that are not being filed and they're being filed somewhere else. Now, what the reason is, and we're gonna get into that a little bit too, and look at uh, the significant difference in this precinct and our neighboring precinct out by the airport. Okay, and for clarity, when you say uh, uh, tickets filed, are you talking about the local PA P, uh, PD filing at no, the JP? The, the local, P, local PD filed there is with the municipal court. Okay. We're talking about uh, the county and the state. Okay. Okay. You know, because we've had we've had some uh, the county uh, and the sheriff, uh, right? Sheriff department. Mm-hmm. No, we're talking about the sheriff department okay. and uh, and highway patrol. Right, the Texas state troopers. Okay. Yeah. So, I don't know if anybody has ever gotten a ticket, but just think about where you went to get that ticket settled. At. Think about where you where you were written a ticket at and what court you had to go to. So that's going to build this case that we're talking about, about how uh, representation becomes our most important aspect in this. The oh. numbers suggested that we could potentially lose representation in this city if nothing is ever done to address the deficit okay because so for, those are the numbers go ahead okay so for clarity right the uh, the uh, the people that's doing a citation they can take tickets anywhere they want to they don't have to take it in port Arthur or precinct two or precinct eight well if i was an officer i would take it to to the precinct that i wrote it in now i don't know what the what the relationships are but the tickets that are written in our area i can only based on the numbers i can only uh arrive at a point where it would suggest that they're being filed in uh 
Precinct 7, which is at the airport, uh, Brad Burnett's uh, office, Judge Burnett's office. So when you look at that, David, when you look at that office outperforming this office anywhere from three to one to five to one, that means uh, he's generating three to five times the revenue with the same overhead. Now, wow. I was a businessman and I was running a business and I was going to evaluate where I need to make some changes. This is where I was starting. Now, over the last 11 years, this issue has not been addressed. Okay, so when you're saying we, when, you, when you're a businessman and this is the issue where you would start, are you talking about the numbers, right? Are you talking about what's... Oh, absolutely. We, okay. we, we, have, okay. we have to become fiscally responsible. There's always got to be a balanced budget. You know, you have a responsibility to the taxpayer to make sure that you're running the office as effectively and as efficiently as you possibly can. That, that, those, those are the issues. See, it doesn't matter that you show up every day and you got a smile on your face and you don't ruffle no feathers. We need somebody that's going to fight for our representation uh, in our city. And we can't afford to lose. Who who wins when our representation is gone? Okay, and let me... That, that probably is called Mid-County, which is seven. Okay, hold on for a second. Hold on for a second. Let, me go, let me go ahead and... Uh, Kind of interject on that. And I'm glad that you said that it, it's we, we need to have a balanced budget, right? Because a lot of people do not understand how important that a budget is when you're dealing with city business, city politics, county business, and county politics. Because in truth, it's it's all about the money. Everything is about the money, and and the money, and the money controls how the city flow how the county flow and how it functions right and also just like just like anything else hey when you having a deficit in one area you have to try to fix that deficit so you know i just want people to understand how important it is to understand that the that how important money is is that's involved in city politics and city government and including county politics and county government i'm sorry to cut you off go ahead sir no, 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 no. I mean, you're making some good points. And it's very important. See, it's more to it than just uh, showing up and conducting or operating or facilitating what goes on inside of the courtroom, right? You have employees in there that you're responsible for, right? So when you have when you have those type of responsibilities, the light bill, all, all that is, is part of your, your, your expenditure. That's part of your budget. See, they have a budget meeting every year and have a discussion about the budget. Now, my concern is this. Now, I want you to hear me when I say this, David. Oh, yes, sir. If, well, all ears. If they are having this budget meeting every year, somebody had to approve it, right? Right. So, so somebody would have to say, okay, well, we're just going to roll with it like this and, you know, that's okay. You know, we we because it's a county. We you know it's, it's a county coffer, so we're gonna just we'll we'll take it uh, uh, how we can get it, and you know it's okay if one office is better than other. But guess what? That's a double-edged sword, David. Right. Because the same numbers that I'm talking about, that's gonna be what they use to justify eliminating representation. Okay. See. If they, if they, it's not about your behavior because obviously, if your behavior 
uh, is unbecoming of a JP, they would have made some changes a long time ago. So it's not about your behavior. It's not about how you conduct business or anything like that. When they start talking about making some changes, it's going to be about the dollar. Okay. And so, that's how they're going to use it. Okay. So let me go ahead and interject right there. So just to kind of recap for a minute for the for the citizens for the citizens and the people that's listening, right? So just like any type of business, right? Um, just like any type of organization that deals with money and deals with profit and losses, whenever you have uh, something that's losing money, right? Say it's the JP department. Um, what you said, I believe you said, we've been losing money for the past, what, 10 or 11 years, right? We've been a deficit to the point where we was like over a million something, right? Yes, sir. Okay, and, and, and with that being said, <clears throat> now we do know that they have a lot of racial issues in this county, in this, you know, in this county, including, you know, both cities, everything within the county. And what we've noticed that there's a lot of gentrification going on in Port Arthur. There's a lot of, there's a lot of siphoning of the jobs and the money out of Port Arthur to go to Mid County. And also it's including like some of the contracts that, that, that I believe is happening in the city. And, and, and with all this being said, whenever they want to cut some of the, uh, cut some of the jobs right to either to save money they're not going to cut jobs in mid-city they're going to most likely cut jobs in port arthur and uh and with that being said and when you have a jp a jp position right just at a peace position that has a high deficit as the um the precinct that you're running for has and that puts us in the danger of also losing that right correct Okay. Now, the time, the timing on whether when when they're going to make that decision, how they're going to make that decision, you know, it could it could come when when uh, Judge Gillum decide he wants to retire. You know, that's going to be an opportunity. There, the other opportunity is if uh, if there if there's a Republican uh, in uh, the county judge seat, uh, that's going to because that. He's going to go back on what he just, what he already started, what the conversation he already started having, if we allow him to hold that seat. So we got to get out and vote, not just in this election. And 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 I want the the citizens of Port Arthur to know, uh, Joe Guillory is is wanting to to help secure the future of this city. It's not about him; it's about the city. It's not about my opponent. It's about the job that is available that every citizen in this in, in Port Arthur has a right to participate in the process. You have a right to file. You have a right to, and you shouldn't have to go anywhere and ask anybody for permission to serve your city. If you can be of value, then you should step up and and, and do your part. Uh, because anybody could be a, 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 a Monday morning uh, armchair, armchair quarterback. Anybody can sit up there and, and, and point out uh, problems, but you need to come up with some solutions. And the solution in this case is, number one, we have to cut our ties with special interest groups. We right, have right. to send a message in this election. And we'll get back to the numbers here in just a second, but I just want to make sure that people understand the passion and the commitment. I didn't just wake up uh, uh, at Motel 6 and decide I want to be JP. No, this has been a long thought out uh, <laughs> praying process. Uh, and it was a blessing. Again, I say that again. It was a blessing that I didn't win. 
Right, right. Because I yeah. knew God, and I didn't question it. I, I was cool because I knew God had something greater. I didn't know that it was at in this magnitude uh, here uh, in Precinct Two, because Precinct Two uh, is the majority of the city, right? It'll be the last one to go, but now it's still on the hook because when you look at representation, we don't want to lose either court, and right. we don't want. And, and, and when we start talking about what we're losing, and we talk about uh, representation, we're not talking about uh, black or white or, or, or economics. Uh, we're, we're talking about losing something as a city to a neighboring city. Now, how would it be for us to lose the all, one office or both offices in the city of Port Arthur and allow? Uh, the control to end up in Needland. Okay, hold that point right quick. Hold that point. Let me kind of interject something on what you said in the, uh, previously. Now, I want to go ahead and interject on this when you said that um, probably the seats may lose, right? Or we may lose representation whenever people like Mr. Um, um, <clears throat> Mr. Gillum retired. And I just want to uh, talk to that effect, right? I, I know that that happens a lot, right? And, and, and that'll most likely happen when you have people like... Um, the current person in the district to Mr. DeRuin, that he is, you know, tied with special interest groups like a uh, former Senator uh, Carl Parker. Right. And, and, and since he has a good relationship with him and even to the fact that some people may say it is a godson, um, because you see a lot of pictures with him and uh, his son, uh, Alan Parker. And, and also that you're also you see pictures with them and that uh, if I'm not mistaken he used to work with um, the, the Parker firm as an attorney so they have a lot of good connection over there and, and, the, and the, he was never let's correct that he was never an attorney he was an investigator no that's, yeah that's why I said yeah yeah he was an investigator not, for the Parker term yeah let's make sure that everybody knows that he's not a lawyer uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's what yeah, that, that's what I thought I said. I thought I said uh, investigator for the Parker law firm. Yeah, that's what I thought I said. Okay, if I said something, I meant investigator, private investigator for the Parker right. law firm. So if I said something different, that's not it. But uh, yeah, so a lot of times when you when you talk about the special interest group and and uh, and the fact that they're so uh, connected uh, and 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 the people are going to receive for the very first time some phone calls. It should be some disturbing phone calls asking you to support my opponent, who you may not even know. If you if you had to do a lineup, David, uh, let me ask you that question. If we had to do a lineup today, how many of our citizens would even recognize our Just at a Peace Precinct 2? Now, just, I want, I want you to think about that because, because it's in 11 years, a good friend of mine said, you know, I've been here uh, actively participating in my community and I don't I don't really know he, who that is. Right. I've never had I've never had a, a, a cup of coffee with him, you know, uh, right, right. Uh, anything like that. So what does that suggest to the citizens of Port Arthur? You know, uh, when we look at these numbers. And we want we want to get and I, I don't know how much more time we have, but oh, no, we got enough time. Should we have we, we have at least at, an hour. We have a, at least an hour if you need it. When we look at uh, the connectivity between this office and the city, there's a large disparity there. There's no relationship. And so uh, myself, as I stated before, you know, Port Arthur has been my home. You know, I've I went out in corporate America, spent 
about 15 years away and I've come back to Port Arthur and uh, it was nothing like I left it, okay? I have family here, my roots are here. So when the citizens of Port Arthur start evaluating who they should vote for, they should think about uh, some things that, and, and this, is, this goes on the line of making decisions. When you make a decision to uh, be oblivious to the numbers, okay? To the deficit, to the to the budget. Is it because you don't have any true connection? Because if you were here, if you were a native Port Arthur, and if you had the roots here, your commitment to this city would be greater. It, you know, it, this is what I, I, I stress to the, to my board members uh, uh, at Port Arthur Independent School District. We need to have more teachers, administrators, and, and, and people like in our community that lives in our community. Why? Because when you have a vested interest in this community, you're going to make better decisions because you're, you want to see your community do better. You don't want to see the poverty-stricken areas that we have in Port Arthur. You don't want to drive around Port Arthur. And then, of course, you when you do make it and when you do have a little privilege, you don't want to close your eyes and well, that's not my problem anymore because it doesn't affect me. No, this is one city and it belongs to every citizen that has an address here. And we all should have pride in where we live. And that's what we're missing. That's what we're missing. That's why it's so easy for these numbers to be so, so elevated to create such a large deficit. And uh, I read somewhere where it said that I've served 11 years without any controversy. When you're saying you, you're talking about, who you're talking about when not, you say not, I have? Okay. Well, I just read that somewhere. Okay. okay. And, I, and what I'm suggesting to the people, I don't want that representation. I want somebody who is controversial, who, who, who can get in there and fight for me. See, when you say that you haven't had any controversy, and then when I look at the numbers, the numbers suggest the same thing that that you were aware, and you did nothing about the you. There was no plan put in place. We haven't heard it, even if even after this recording, even after this session with you, David. And this gets back to my opponent. Right. And when the people hear this for the first time, they're going to hear him start speaking on what I'm already talking about. Why why wasn't this issue? Four years ago, or eight years ago, or, or even eleven years ago, when he when he when he took office, I want to make sure that I maintain right. a fiscal responsibility in his office because it wasn't a concern. Why? Because he doesn't have any roots here. His commitment is not Port Arthur. Okay. And it shows. So so when I say this, when I say that they're going to receive some phone calls from other elected officials who we have entrusted. We've entrusted these elected officials to do their job. So when you receive a phone call asking you to support somebody that you don't even know, you you ought to just push pause. Because why now? Why after 11 years? Why have? Why don't I know? Why why don't I see some of the things uh, that he's done now? Okay, Mr. Let me, let me go ahead and inject with the um, um. Have you received any calls to um? To not run in the race or anything oh, like that? Have you ever seen any kind of calls yes, about running? Yes, I, really, I didn't really want to talk about that, but... Um, well, you don't have to say the person's name. I would just ask him. Well, look, let me tell you like this. The reason why he hadn't had any opponents is because of the intimidation factor. <clears throat> Anybody that would have ever had the courage to stand up uh, and, 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 and get into the race, 
they would they would they would get all forms of intimidation. I should say it that way. Now, Phone calls or, or or what have you, uh, and they would go as far as call call my dad. Now take this out. Call my dad, my friend. Yeah, call yeah. my dad and, and suggested, well, you know, I need you to talk to your son because he's running against a good man. Now, this is my father. Now, how, as a father, how would you think he would take something like that? This is my son you're talking about. Right. Is he not a good man? Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. When, so, so when you say something like that, is it suggesting to my wife and my children that I'm not a good husband, a good provider, a good protector, uh, a good role model for my family i'm not a good man so when you throw stuff out like that when you have the audacity to make those kind of intimidating phone calls i'm like man hey he just hung the phone up and yeah, which was the right go. thing he didn't, he didn't lose his composure or anything like that because i know i would have because you talk about my child right right now let me go ahead yeah. and interject on something that i've that i've that have happened to me right uh, uh several years ago right early in my in my political you know um enlightening and and and, and and trying to be revolutionary, right, with the city politics. I'd always ask why Judge uh, Gillum have a, a, a person here running against him, person there, two people here. Seem like every other, if not every election, every other election, he already has some somebody running against him. And I was wondering why in the heck, you know, um, uh, Mark DeRuin doesn't have anybody running against him. I'm like, well, what's going on? Then I posed that question on Facebook several years ago right I, I got a call from um um a constable and i got a call from um another local you know business owner right that has a you know, head that used to have a business off of a uh, guffway so i was like and they said hey man he's a real good guy so at that time you know i didn't really say nothing but i, I may have even took the post down but but now they're okay you know they kind of called they're vouch for him but now in retrospect i kind of understand that all of this is is a network system right you have the status quo they'll get a lot of people and now since i know that he's you know tightly connected to a former senator parker right called parker parker law firm that that that's the main reason why he was able to kind of stand there because you have a lot of older people that in my opinion a lot of older people that's fearful of them or don't want to run against them because you have a lot of a lot of youthful people don't really know you know you know um, um, the Parker Law Firm like they call Parker whatever. A lot of people don't really you know know them. The new ones, the, the, the young ones, they don't really know them. They only know them through you know other folks. So I can kind of attest now in retrospect that's the reason why that nobody has ran against them, and it's kind of sad that you have a black town that we only running against the black. You know the 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 Gillum, you know the the the, per, the black person that's the JP instead of running at both of them. You know I would say you know be equal, run both of them, whether they're you know black or white or anything, but just don't show some type of bias to it. But that's the perceived power that that network source to have, right? So I just wanted to interject that part in there. You can go back here, sir. Well, and I, and I hope and I hope that the uh, the citizen Port Arthur recognize uh, some of the buffoonery and and the tactics. Uh, and, and 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 don't fall prey to it themselves uh, when they receive these phone calls asking for some support that is not rightly deserved. Um, there's there's no indication uh, that the job that has been done is is satisfactory. I don't know how you can justify uh, uh, 
rating one part of the job and not rating the other part. I mean, it's one job. You know, fiscal responsibility and, 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 and operation, that's hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. And, um, you, you know, you can't hold them accountable for one area and then not, don't hold them accountable for another area. That make that makes sense. So when we look at these things and we look at the intimidation factors uh, and then we look at um, the individuals that are out there uh, talking about I'm team uh, so-and-so and I'm team this, uh, it's misleading and 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 personally, it's probably it's probably ethically uh, wrong uh, by 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 the state of Texas uh, that they do this because they're using their uh, elected prestige to influence the vote, which is another wow. form of voter suppression. So I just want to drop that out there because I want wow. the people to know when you when you have this type of uh, corruption. Um, and I and I call it that because that's what it is. It's an intent to deceive the people, right. to deprive the people of their vote, to to say, well, look, your vote don't matter, even if you do vote, because we got enough people here uh, supporting that he's gonna win anyway. Oh, I beg to differ. We got thirty six thousand registered voters in this precinct, and I hope that they come out and participate, and whatever they decide, it's okay with me. Because I'm not, it's not about me. It's about them and the city. It's about making sure that our children have a city to call home. That that we don't lose our identity. We've already lost our identity uh, uh, as high as a high school. They took our spirit. They took our pride. Whether you were a bumblebee or a yellow jacket or eagle, they took our pride. And it's crazy that when you start looking at all the moves that have been made, all the people that were were um, part of this plan, this this plan to uh, get the resources from Port Arthur and to utilize these resources for their personal gain, and it, it only opens the door for the five percent of the people, which is represented by the special interest group, and the other ninety-five percent of people are starving and can't even afford to buy a can of paint to put on their house. And you telling me that we have fair representation here in this city? I beg to differ, sir. Mm. This election is so important that we need to incite every voter, not only in this election, but to take the same emphasis when they get ready to vote for those that are going to represent this city as the mayor and as a city council. We need to start vetting the people that's going to represent them. We got to make sure, and, and we need to start looking at the financial report as well so we can see who they're connected to. Because you'll be surprised who's taking this money. Right, right. Look, and, look, and then look, local... Look, look at what recently happened. I just want to share this here because then I yeah, don't want to yeah. get off my... Yeah, go ahead. When this, when this council was elected, one of the first things this particular council did was go after the EDC. Ooh. Now I want to show the citizens of Port Arthur the trickery. The, they, the, a personal friend of mine who who I, I love to death, I, you know, I, I served with him on the EDC. Uh, Mr. Baptiste, I thought he'd done a great job. Some people may have their own opinion, but when he ran that, he did he did things. Uh, for us the right way. And I, I just want to put that out there that it's unfortunate 
because right. the, the special interest group that were going after yeah. the money, the power, uh, and it's all about the money. You know, you you've been on a lot of things, David. Yeah. And it's always you follow the money, you follow you you'll find the motive. Oh yeah, yeah. And, you have a hashtag. And, follow the money. You follow the money. You know, where that smoke, that's fire. So when we start, and then and then when you have somebody that you appoint to the EDC that's not even a residence yeah. of Port Arthur. So so you you already intended to defraud the people. You, you, can you see the intent? So in this election, in this election that I'm in right now, this this be the only one for Port Arthur, for the citizens of Port Arthur. I don't know of any other seat other than uh, uh, the constable race in eight. Um, I don't know of any other seat uh, that, that people gonna have opportunity to participate in this election, but these things are to give the citizens of Port Arthur, ought to make their hair stand up on the back of their neck, David, knowing that these individuals are conspiring to take the resources out of the hands of the citizens of Port Arthur and maneuver it in such a way where the, those that will benefit will be closer to what they call mid-county. It, it bothers me every time they use that word mid-county. Oh yeah, boys, me too. Let's, let's, let's put it like that, Needler. So, so the end game, and I see it. I'm looking at the numbers. The end games. That's what the end game suggests. The numbers suggest the the. As long as you continue to starve everything south of 73, you kill it by taking the resources out of the community. Then, when, once you take the resources, you strip them of uh, the, whatever they have left of pride, and then they either going to give up, sell, or move away. Hmm. Think about it, y'all. You better hold yeah. on to your property and start and start and start participating in these elections and getting and getting your voice heard, so that so that you don't fall prey to what these people are trying to do to this city. It's not about you. Anytime a, a individual say that I, I I'm in this thing and I was hoping that you wouldn't run. Because uh, I would like to, you know, I was hoping to get two more terms out of this for my retirement. Then it, it, it it's not about the people anymore. It's about the retirement. Right. Yeah. It's about his family, and I find that adamantly wrong. That we continue to allow. That's why we ought to have term limits on these seats. Oh. This was. This will solve a lot of issues for us. We start having term limits yeah. because that way nobody would ever be comfortable yeah. to the point where they yeah. feel like they're entitled to this seat or these seats. Yeah, that's, that's a great idea. Get in there, be effective, do it for the right reason, and get out. Make way for somebody else to come in and make and hold them accountable that they will follow and do what's right for the people. Get them in, get them out. We need to do a better, it has to be a way for us to address all these issues. And the, the very first way is that we have to start participating in, in, in voting. Uh, it's so important that we, we vote. And uh, our vote is our voice. And if we, don't, if we don't vote, then we're being complicit to the shenanigans that are going on in the city. That means complicit. That means you're okay with it. You're going along with it. In fact, by you being silent suggests that you agree with what they're doing. And at the end, you don't even benefit one bit. Yeah. These resources that we're talking about, they're, they're not ending up in your bank account. They, you know, right now, 
look at look at what I'm thinking is going to happen with this this new expansion out there or this new company that then popped up. Uh, the city got some contracts that that are going to be coming, and uh, you know, so the money, you know, ideally they're going to try to get that, you know, and then I don't know what kind of service, what kind of job is going going to be done out of it, but uh, I, you know. Yeah. That's my soapbox, but let's get back to this campaign. Let's right, get back right. to the, the issues that we're talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're absolutely. talking about... I just want to kind of... Hold on, hold on a second. Your, your phone kind of getting muffled, and I just want to kind of uh, jump in there for a second. Right, I just want to okay. say that I, do, that I do agree with what you're saying about that's kind of the whole plan because they were talking about this doing the census, right? They were hoping that the census dropped below 50,000, so... That can pull some of um some of the uh, the resources, the money that put off the receipts from the what the yeah, the federal the, the federal or state government, right? I can't remember which one. I wanna say probably the federal government, where it makes where and then Port Arthur would kind of be reduced to a township. Oh. Yeah, to a town and where good. that they would put kind of like needling like the overseer on that. And after I speak, I want you to kind of speak something on that, because that, that's where you were going at one time. How can a city like Needland kind of be an overseer of uh, Port Arthur. But yeah, but uh, if, if y'all know Miss Stella Morrison, right, she can give you a good breakdown of all that. She's a good historian, good person. I remember she was telling me like that about, you know, a few years ago before this thing. Now, yeah, go ahead and I give us what you was about to say about how can this happen to uh, Port Arthur. Well, I can't really speak to the to, to that uh, directly, but the this JP. is what I would say. Right, the county. Uh, as far as the JP is concerned, um, the numbers are going to be used to justify it. So right now, I don't think we're in any danger right now because um, the city council, I guess the census uh, that was generated, uh, came back at somewhere around fifty-seven thousand or something like that. I don't right, know if that's increase, a, yeah. a, a real number or not. Uh, right, right. Somebody counted it. It wasn't from Port Arthur, so I would have to just trust that those numbers are legit. And they're whole, you know, you know. So, but the the idea behind the city becoming a town, I don't know exactly what services or, or what benefits or, or resources that we would lose from the state or from the federal government. Uh, but whatever it is, we can't afford to lose because this city is already in despair. You know, oh, yeah. the city is already plagued with unemployment, plagued with uh, the, the poverty-stricken level. I mean, it, it, it's it's sad. It's sad that we all, we continue to overlook. And, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to interject this, and I'm going to kind of I'm going to kind of move back into what we were talking about. Right, uh, I went I went to our representation. I talked to several city council members and and uh, and, and the mayor, particularly, and and, uh, and a few other folks. Uh, but this is what I want to say. When I talked to our state representative, he listened. He looked into it. And he and he got uh, a conversation started. Uh, and the issue was that the local people were not, the local business owners were not being included in the process in these uh, uh, these local projects. And you know they create such red tape, make it that hard. I mean, I I don't understand why they do it that way. Um, but no one from the city could help me. Now, understand this. Oh, yeah. The city yeah. has control 
over uh, whether or not they're going to give an abatement or not give an abatement, and whether they're going right. to um, incentivize them to hire local. Or, so it's so many variables there. We need folks that will keep it 100 with us. This thing that they say, well, they don't have anybody in Port Arthur that can pass a drug test. Well, let me tell you something. I probably got the cleanest background uh, that any, any one individual could possibly have. Every credential given by the federal government, I got in my pocket. And I had an interview with Valero. And uh, I didn't get the job. Which was a blessing on my part because you know, but I but I went after it because I wanted to see if it was true. Now maybe if my address would have been Houston uh, or something like that, or Lake Charles, maybe Port I would have got out on on Port Natures yeah, or something like Needland, that. Groves. But but to suggest that we don't have anybody qualified, I'm more than qualified to to read a computer and and and, and adjust valves and and diagnose problems. I mean, I've been doing that my whole life, Dave. Oh, absolutely. Have a lot of people with process tech degrees that got passed over over there. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, I'm a diesel mechanic. You know, there's nothing on my truck I can't fix. We, I've been doing this since I was a kid. And, and I want to go back, you know, to, to, the, to the, the characterization of myself. I, I put a post out today. 35 years of leadership proven now, this is not something that Joe Guillory said about Joe Guillory. Right. This is something that others said, and it's important when others speak of you. You know, we should never think more highly than ourselves of ourselves than than the next man does. You know, we shouldn't be patting ourselves on the back. You, we, you know, when you start seeing people posting uh, this scholarship, that scholarship, and hey, we're doing this over here, man, that's that's flesh. It should always be about the work. It should always be about the people. And 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 let your work speak for itself. I don't need anybody to stand to to support me or to to come out and say what a great guy I am. And this, my, let my record stand for who I am and, and what I stand for. When on, on the school board, when I make a decision, it's my decision. It's not influenced by any 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 other board member. When I raise a question, it's my question. When my concerns, it's my concerns. Now, whether those things are taken seriously enough and addressed, now that's a that's a horse of a different color. I brought up a lot of issues. We made a lot of progress. We still had a long way to go, but I was one of the the first advocate. Uh, to start uh, incentivizing uh, the teachers, so they start receiving a stipend, and then uh, a wage increase, and all that started when I got on the board back in 2015. I'm about rewarding those that are doing the work. That's important. When I say I've been uh, a leader for 35 years, that's what they said about Joe Guillory. Coach Washington said, oh, Guillory is a great little leader. Now, what does that imply to you? Is that he put in the work. His work shows, not his mouth. I'm not a very, I don't I do not do a very good job of talking up myself. You know, I don't, that's, that's never been my my, 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 my forte to, to uh, glamorize who I am or build myself, puff myself up because that's fake and phony. I am who I am. I'm a man of God. I'm disciplined, I'm committed, I'm capable of doing this job 
with my eyes closed. That's how confident I am. But the fight, you have to have a fighter. You gotta have somebody willing to fight for what's right. And that's who I am, that's what I stand for. The voice for the people, the same commitment I had when I ran for the school board. Voice for the students, voice for the teachers. So what is that, what does that say? I advocate for the ones that really don't have a voice. That's my commitment. That's my commitment in this election as well. To be a voice for the people, to be an ambassador to this city. That's important to me. Right. And 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 tell some of the audience, um, tell some of the listeners, right? What are some of the things that you're going to uh, do to go ahead and change this deficit or try to work on and try to get this negative into a positive? Well, of course, it's, it's, it's work. It, it took it took years to get into this situation, but the plan, the plan is is simple. The plan is simple. The very first thing we have to do is get in there and, and evaluate uh, what is already going on. Look at our all our expenditures, and then the second thing you have to start looking at is where the opportunity lies. And opportunity lies in creating a situation where it makes the law enforcement agency more productive by making it easy for them to come and file and and know and have the confidence. See, the issue we have here is the confidence that whatever they file will be taken care of, just like it will be taken care of in Judge uh, Judge Barnett's courtroom. That's the confidence that we have to instill uh, and to deliver to, to law enforcement, whether it be on a state level or whether it's on a county level, that whatever you pr- put or present before us, we are going to handle it according to uh, the law. And uh, and what happened, and I, and I understand, and this may just be a rumor, but of course, there were some folks that had the position years ago and, and, and was misusing it. And... Um, the state and the county decide. You know what? We, we're doing too much work out here, and 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 we're not getting, we're not seeing the residuals. So they just start filing over here in uh, precinct seven. So relationship is part of the plan. Building that relationship, building that confidence back up, and doing what we say we're going to do. Treat everyone that comes through there fair and equitable. Uh, whether it be the citizen or whether it's law enforcement, we want to. All we want to do is do what is right for the city of Port Arthur, for the citizens of Port Arthur, and uh, and, and for for the folks of this county and for the folks in this state. That's what's most important for me, and that's how we're going to turn that thing around. Okay, okay, okay. That sounds good. It sounds good. Now, now. With this deficit, right? I remember you said that um, that that the that the, um, the the current JP and that Mr. Mark Duran might try to you know get on the phone. Well, some people want to get on the phone and talk to them, and try to discuss it. But to me, in my opinion, I don't see anything that you can say or try to do now. If within the last ten years there hasn't been a plan or none of this has been addressed, because I don't remember hearing this out in the media. Or whatnot, or you know, um, on anything about turning this around. I didn't even know that this was a problem. So it would be hard for me to see in any kind of you know, in, in any interesting um, comment that he may have toward this. I love to hear it. I love to hear what kind of you know, what would he would have to say about this because you know, it's hard to say. You 
if it's been going on for 10 years, and like you say, they have a budget every year, they know about the losses, and it's no action plan to go ahead and take it over. It's hard for me to see that how can he could try to come up with the answer right now, but hey, you know, never know. We'll make hear something so, sometime. So let, me, let me share some more things with you, David. Go ahead. Yes, sir. These, these numbers are, are astronomical. Oh, yes, yes. I believe Precinct they are, too. Seven. Precinct 7 has generated $1.8 million in profit. Think some of that's coming from us? Absolutely. Think about it. Look, look now. Yeah, when you had when you had the negative and you had the positive, you come up with somewhere right at about uh, two point eight five difference. That's that's two point eight million dollars difference mm-hmm. between what, what what is being done. That's how how much better, or, or I should say, how much more revenue is being generated over here than uh, in precinct seven versus that in precinct two. So with this being, I mean, all of them go to the same meeting, all of them basically in the same club, all of them, I mean, I don't know uh, if this was just part of the plan. So when we start looking at things like this, you start asking, well, did he know? Well, I just answered that for you. Of course he knew, He had. they do a budget every year. The next question, David, is did he care? Obviously not because we haven't seen any plans that that would suggest that there's there's something turning around. No, not, that's, the numbers don't suggest that. So the third one is, did he know and was he just complicit? That means did he did he already know what the end game was, and what this may be the reason why uh, all the elected officials have decided uh, uh, to come out on his behalf. Because now they say, well, Mr. Guillory is, is is more than aware of what's going on, and 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 maybe it may put a, a, a monkey wrench in, into their plan. Well, I hope it does. Right, right. Because the citizens of Port Arthur do not benefit from this whatsoever. Even though we may not benefit from the dollars that are generated, but these are still your tax dollars being spent, and the fiscal irresponsibility exists. These are the facts. This is nothing that that I uh, concocted. This came from the, uh, the, the county uh, auditor's office, and any 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 uh, citizen in this county can go down there and ask for the same thing. Okay, hold on. I want to I want to get on that on that um, subject. What you just said. Now, people may understand. Hey, this is the may ask. Hey, this is the county. How, well, why does this matter if they go to Beaumont, Needle, and Port Arthur? It's all going to one county. But when you said, even though it's not. It's, it's 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 our tax dollars and it's going to the county, but 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 by not, by it not going to the Port Arthur courts, is showing that hey you know Port Arthur don't need this representation, and that the Needling courts can go ahead and handle this, or the or the courts by the airport can go ahead and handle the Port Arthur stuff, the Port Arthur um the Port Arthur business, so we can go ahead and just cancel the Port Arthur offices at all, right? Does that, does that kind of make sense? Man, that makes so much sense, man. Uh, I mean, you know, a little kid can figure this one out. But this stuff is being heard from the, from from the citizens of Port Arthur, and hopefully, uh, this broadcast and and uh, today's um, meet and greet will be able to share more of the same thing, so that we can build some awareness, um, and when we can address some of the cornerstones in our plan and present those cornerstones, uh, one. 
representation. Two, fiscal responsibility. And third, save the taxpayers' money. And that and that that happens in, in several different ways. One makes it convenient if uh, if and when you have to come to court, it's local. Uh, it also uh, increases the productivity of law enforcement, allows them to get back uh, on their beat. Um, and then thirdly, uh, it increases the revenue, which allows us to continue to pay the uh, the salaries and expenditures, and 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 then we can justify. So it's a win-win with the plan in place that. Um, once I take office, we can address these issues. Now, you know, it's work just like anything else is going to be work because it's going to, anytime you have to build a relationship, especially when you have so many people at odds with you just because you are uh, are, are running. Um, and I'm cool with that. And, and I, I want to tell you, David, that I'm proud to do whatever I can for this city. Uh, even if even if it requires me to stand alone uh, for what is right, I've done it in the past. I've proven that. Even when the superintendent came out in the in the uh, newspaper, adamantly opposing one of his bosses, and right, uh, he right. comes out, Guillory got it wrong. This is a Title One program. Well, but David, I can assure you what I was suggesting and, and what I was presenting and what I was asking them to correct. Uh, if, if it would have been a Title One program, I would have never even brought it uh, to their attention. Uh, so, so when we got situations like that, we start talking about the relationships and, and who has relationships. You know, you think about those that are, are, are members of the Rotary, uh, Rotary clubs, and these other private clubs. Right now, I'm sure my opponent is probably over at the Pompano Club having his his uh, meet and greet or what have right, you. Right. Um, <laughs> you see, that's what the rich people do. You know that's that's they, that's where they hang out. But, um, I just want the people to know uh, the passion and the commitment that I have for doing a good job, better than what you're getting now, because I I know what the problems are. Uh, I'm 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 a landlord, right? I've been a tenant. I completely understand that relationship. That's predominantly what this court, every JP court, not just this one, every JP court. Uh, that's the one thing. If you have an issue, uh, this is where you file that complaint in this court. And uh, so we know that that's going to be a, a large part of what we do. But that's not all that we're going to do in the, in this courtroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to handle uh, Class C misdemeanors. Uh, those are those are citations uh, that um, are enforceable uh, by fine only. You know, so. When we start looking at the duties and the responsibilities of, of JP, uh, things like uh, hearings, uh, civil cases, dealing with the uh, $20,000 limit. It used to be $10,000. last time I ran it was $10,000. They've increased it now. So that means you can file a, a civil lawsuit uh, in a JP court up to $20,000. Uh, when we start looking at... Uh, Truancy cases, we don't have a whole lot uh, of um, of that because of what the, the school district has put in place. But you need somebody that's sensitive to the, sensitive to the needs of our children. Uh, because I have a, a relationship, a passion, I've worked along with our school district uh, since 2015. My kids, uh, 
attend uh, Port Arthur Independent School District. Uh, so I have a vested interest here, and I want the people to 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 get that, to understand that uh, that, that the commitment. When you have a vested interest in something, you want it to be the very best it could be. And 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 I'll tell you this, I adamantly reject anything that someone says that I could what I what I can do or what I can't do or what I what I should have or what I shouldn't have you know I, I, I'm gonna have what I want to have and I think every citizen in Port Arthur has that same right you don't need someone telling you what you deserve and what you don't deserve you put in the work you should reap the rewards you know but when you start looking at these resources and uh, or lack of resources i should say uh south of 73 uh that's our that's our problem and then losing representation you, know, you start looking at it just start compounding and compounding and it, you know it's a never-ending cycle and before you know it we've we've become needling we have we'll have a new name or something you know that's scary to think about when you think about the the, the long history of port arthur and and uh, Steelware and, and Rose Hill and and uh, you know it, it's scary to think that uh, we have uh, the people to make the right decisions we have them in place and, and we're not getting any better uh, it's scary it's scary that there's somebody sitting on the sideline uh, calling the shots uh, you know and then we got those folks you made, you, you made a, 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 a meme I made a comment the other day when we were talking. Uh, we were talking about the movie Django, and, I, and right. for the life of me, I can't remember the the character that played that Samuel L. Jackson played. Stephen. Like Stephen, we got so many Stevens uh, in our community, and we got to stop that, man. Yeah, we got to yeah. we got to start supporting. Look, we have a restaurant on the west side of Port Arthur uh, downtown that serves very good food yeah very good food eat this place yeah been, been around been around what five years how long how long has it been it's been quite quite some time yeah and then all of a sudden we get a brand new spot popped up over here and the line is around the corner now we have to do a better job of supporting one another imagine if we would have supported uh this business what they would have been able to do um and give us a, a larger restaurant in the city right. you know we just we, we just don't think about it. and then we could sit back and we complain so much and, and because we're looking around and everybody else is is making moves and things are happening and we're standing still and and i think the problem is with that right we have a lot of citizens that are being fooled because the corruption has a network. It's a united corruption network, right? They used to call themselves Unite PA. So it's it's so what people have to understand, right? You may have your your black constables, your black council members, your black people, church members. They they form a bond together and promote the people that that that'll screw us over, right? They promote these organizations. They promote these, you know. Um, people that's been doing the city wrong, they even go so far as to get athletes, to get professional athletes, local professional athletes to be the face of certain organizations. You know what I mean? So that's how the people may get fooled, right? The athlete may not really understand what uh, he or she's doing, 
But the people that's under them, they know what they're doing, right? But then the citizens, they'll look at this professional athlete, a professional basketball player, a professional football player, and say, hey, well, they must be good if he's with them. You know, I know that young guy and this family, he's a good family, so if he's the face and he's with them, they must be good. So it's a lot of sanitation being done, right, by other people with supposedly good names. Because a lot of the corrupt people, they have bad names and they attach themselves on the good names to try to erase that. And, and that's what the citizens need to understand. And this couldn't be done more so with the with the pastors. That That's usually the old generation that's, that's done. They've started with the pastors back with, uh, with Ransom Howard or whatnot. And, you know, it's kind of going on through there. But a lot of people went away from looking at church officials as leaders because you had so many pastors over here not only um, cheated on their spouses, they've had a downward spiral and a lot of people have left their organization. So the church isn't really as strong as what it was. You know, people cheating on their wives, divorcing. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's, 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 Well, I'm I'm just saying, you know, I'm just saying, I'm just kind of give a history of the stuff yeah, so people can understand where all this corruption come from back when MLK was doing it right that's when when the, the churches meant something right that's when a lot of the leadership they, they was actually fighting for civil rights but now the churches have been infiltrated well recently the churches have been infiltrated where now where they can't do that they're not as effective as they were before and a lot of people have seen that so well let me let me let me interject something there David, so yeah, that we don't go down the hole on, on, on that um as a minister of the gospel um we're still men we still we still we still have faults we still have issues we're not perfect um it's 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 sad that uh, some folks have have not represented uh God's word the way they should, but that's not our job to, to judge them. To you know, that's that 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 is something that is going to meet their fate. They're going to have to uh, uh, see see God for themselves, um, and that that'll be taken care of. That's not our that's not our battle. Our battle uh, is to be the best that we can be, and to serve um, um, citizens up or other. Can you can you hold one second? Yes, yes, go ahead. Now, people, while um, while he's on hold, I'm gonna go ahead and kind of go ahead and state my opinion on that. Right now, the reason why I'm saying that, talking about the pastors, because the pastors are in politics. Right, you have pastors that are in that are in these political circles. Now, once they're in these political circles, it's fair game. Because you have, well, you have, go ahead, what'd you say? I, I agree. I mean, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you, yo, yeah, when you went on hold, I was trying to give, you know, sort of dead air wouldn't be a here. I was trying to give him my, oh. my personal opinion to everybody. But yeah, yeah, like I was saying, like, like once these pastors get into the political arena, then everything is fair game because they're stepping into it I'm not really talking about the just the pastors that has nothing to do with politics, like a lot of Catholic pastors, right? They don't really, they don't even have nothing to do within politics. But since it's historically, since MLK was um, was was fighting for the civil rights, it's been you know pastors has been historically in politics. But now you know it's well, kind you of do, had a change. If you go back 
you go back. So, so just so that we be clear on this, uh, and we got to we got to take away what we see today and what, what, what it was designed and what it was meant to be. Um, it was a way for us to disseminate information because that's all we had was the church. Oh yeah, we didn't have, right, right. Yeah. You know, we didn't have, you know, we 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 only had one another, and. Um, you know, and if you go any further back, I mean, the communications, you know, how the Indians communicated, you know, by the sound of a drum. And and then, we, of course, we had our way of communicating. And so so the, the church uh, was the means of communicating, uh, was our means of communicating. Now, uh, and I don't want to get that confused what we're trying to say or do here. So, you know, what, what it was designed to do and what, what folks have... Let's not really entertain that uh, as much because the people, the body of Christ is the church. That The one man that stands in that pulpit, he's just a man. He's just a man. The people have to make a conscious decision to follow the word of God, regardless of of what you see, you have to read the word for yourself. I don't want to really get, get too deep off into to, to yeah. that aspect of it, but I don't want also I don't want to uh, be a part of a um, uh, abusing or beating up on this issue because I, I don't think that uh, we're going to be able to do it justice. So let's just stick to to the politics. Let's just stick to uh, this campaign and the agenda that we that we are after. Um, well, well, yeah, but 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 I but I had to say that because it's important because that's how the citizens are being fooled. Now, once these pastors jump into the political arena, right? Just like I said, they use that. They use their church organization. They use their influence. They bring all, all of them. that. Well, the the the, the, the and 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 not, not, not and all the, of them. Well, of course, not all of them, but a lot of them they do. They have. You, uh, your pastors group that speak on political issues. They have a political pastors group in Port Arthur. I mean, that's just what it is, you know. So that, that, that and that's what when when they take when they merge their faith in government, you know, that that's on them. Is you know, it's not on me for talking well, about it because they're using it. Fight those that are willing to fight for the what's right for the people. Right, right, yeah. Uh, of course, it's not all pastors. But you unfortunately, know, and, and, when, when pastors jump into this arena, they open themselves up for that. Like, I'll tell you like this. Like, it's, on, it's on tape, right? Like, uh, you have one pastor named Donald Frank. I'm only speaking to him because I've seen it. This, this, this is on. Not talk, that's that's going to take away from what we're trying to do. Let's not talk about that. Okay. Can we agree that, let's, that we can hold that for another time? Because that's not going to... That's not going to... Um, that's not going to facilitate what we're trying to convey to the people um, because they need to have some, some trust level and they need to have somebody that's willing to say, David, let's, let's hold right. that conversation at the time. It's important what you're saying. I'm not, I'm not negating or, 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 or dismissing uh, your position. I just don't feel like it, it supports what we're trying to do here uh, and what we're trying to communicate um, because we can point, I mean, that's enough finger pointing around. We can, I mean, we can, it would be all day just having a finger pointing contest, but we have to come up with some solutions. I mean, we have to, we have to, I mean, that's what we have. To I mean, right, right. Hey, I, I'm gonna go ahead and give up the scene, but but I just want to again, with me saying that, right? We have to to get a solution. We have to identify the problems, 
And unfortunately for the citizens, that's one of the problems, the network of corruption, right? Unfortunately, the network of corruption involves pastors, right? Not all of them, but some of them. Okay. But that's the, yeah. Now, I'm, now, 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 I'm, I mean, now, 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 I'm going to go ahead and digress off of it. But, you know, that comes up. Of course, I'm not talking about you and you're not talking about your pastors. I'm talking let's, about let's, it. We're talking about a network. Let's just let's just look at it. There's a network. Okay, gotcha. Let's look at it as a network. Okay. There are individuals that 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 are uh, members of different organizations. Okay. I belong to an organization. I know right. what we stand for. I know what we try to do. There's other people that belong to other organizations, right? They have their their uh, 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 core um, um, agenda things that they want they're committed to doing and seeing and, and what have you so there are organizations that some don't necessarily align up with the views of the people now that, that that's a fair way of addressing this because you have these same individuals that belong to other organizations so when 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 this one two three four five however many it is they go from one organization to another organization to another. They're just bringing more of that tainted stuff with them wherever they go. So you can't just say it's just, it's one group or or it's because they are a pastor. No. Oh, I never said it was one group. I no, never said. No, no. What I'm saying, I'm just giving you a, a, another perspective. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. To address to address it, it's organizations that don't mean uh, uh, good for the welfare of the people. Uh, there are organizations that intend to deceive the people. There are organizations that are designed. There are, there are people right now, two or more people can form an organization and they can be sitting here conspiring right now to do whatever they want to do. I mean, there's Unabombers, there's there's people that have today, today, today is symbolic. Dave. Today is symbolic. Today, we had a year ago, it's an anniversary of the uh, uh, what they call the uh, insurrection. Which was the uh, how they took over the state capital. So when we start talking about issues and problems in America, not just in our community, because we 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 only we only make up a dot compared to other issues that 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 uh, that exist, right? Right. So uh, what we want to do is we want to always have a solution. It's, it's good to point out, like what we're doing here today, point out opportunity to make a change. Uh, I think we want to continue to encourage the people that, uh, and not so, and, and not not be so, um, um, how I want to say, finger pointing, because all of us have a responsibility. You, you as well. Uh, have a responsibility to do the right thing in this community uh and i know you see things uh, uh a lot different than some people uh, i don't think that you're always totally wrong i don't think that you're always totally right because that's where we have to come that's the point i want to make i guess I'm, I'm trying to bring it full circle we have to respect one another's view and and you bring so much to the table uh and i and i and i, and I want to applaud you for for having that commitment to to be that watchdog to 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 do the investigative work to bring some whether you right wrong or indifferent doesn't matter you're making a contribution to the community and that's valuable see that's prices you can't you can't put a price tag on uh dedication or devotion or commitment you know hard work 
you know when you when you when you put something in uh you hope to get something out of it you know you want to see the fruits and we're going to have a better city with more we get more people that are concerned like you're concerned we're going to get more people uh but the first thing that we got to always do is identify the problem and then come up with a solution and then execute the plan it has to be just like that we can't we can't polarize our problems and and, and think we can wave a magic wand and, and, and we're going to erase these things. No, we, we have to strategically approach these things. And sometimes we have to do things um, like Nehemiah did. Nehemiah surveyed the land. He had his dream. He, he knew what he wanted to do. He wanted to go back to his city and rebuild the wall. He sought God out first. God blessed it. God blessed him with favor with the king. The king gave him everything that he needed to go and do the job. And in the process, remember, he was just an individual. But by the time the job got done in 52 days, he had touched thousands of people that put their hand to the work. And that's what we need to motivate our people today is to put the hand to the plow to be worthy of the call, to do the work that is necessary in our community to make the change that we desire. It's not hard, but we have to have a plan and we have to strategically analyze things just like you've been doing, pointing out the facts and asking the questions. We have to be able to do that. But we are, at the same time, we also have to respect the, the people that we are, are dealing with, because this is a small town. And uh, and we just, you know we've identified that all of us are related somehow to somebody, uh, so and we have to respect that issue too. Now there got some people that don't respect uh, blood uh, or anything else. They just gonna go out willy nilly and do their thing. Well, that's okay too. But in order for us to uh, rise to high calling, we have to take the high road. And and uh, I think Michelle Obama said it the best: uh, when they go low we go high and as long as we are approaching it from that perspective that we're not and that's what i keep on stressing this and it's not about my opponent you won't hear me say anything about him or his character or anything like we're strictly talking about the work that was done or the lack of work that was done and that's all we're going to talk about and 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 how uh, i feel that i'm a better candidate the only real candidate that with, with the commitment to make a difference for the citizens of Port Arthur. And in a nutshell, you know, that's it for me. You know, we have to make an effort, each one of us in this city, to come together collectively and say enough is enough. So to address some of the issues that, that you just identified, whether it be churches, whether it be other organizations, guess what? Your next door neighbor will probably belong to an organization that you probably don't approve of. The only reason you you don't know about it, you, so that so you can't really object to it because you don't know about it. We have people like that too, that are still in the closet on a lot of issues, and you don't know how they feel on certain things. So in the process, yeah, we're going to ruffle some feathers. Some people are going to feel some type of way. I had a, com a conversation with uh, another constituent on, on yesterday, and they were telling me about a conversation and and. Uh, this lady was having a problem with me um, something that never had anything to do with me because and why she would uh, support me why she wouldn't support me and those is 
but she says something about leadership. So when I say leadership in 35 years of proven leadership, I can I can give you a resume 35 years long that shows everywhere I went, I prospered. Everything I put my hand to prospered. Not because I was great, not because I knew everything, but because I put the work in. Whether it was at Western Auto, for those that remember the times when I when I worked at Western Auto and I took care of the folks uh, from that that advancement to Ace Hardware, where I spent um, a good portion of my life as a consultant. That's why these numbers I recognize numbers because that's what I dealt with was the numbers. And then being self-employed, you know, everybody can't do what I do because some people need that security blanket to get up every day, go punch that clock. I'm a, I'm, I'm a different guy. My, my dad instilled in me uh, as a child the importance of work, importance of standing on your own two feet. And today I am so proud of what he instilled in me because that made me who I am, along with all the other things. You know, watching my grandfather going to work at Nature's Butane working for a dollar 65 an hour you know and 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 we're crying about minimum wage today you know minimum wage is way more than my grandfather would have ever seen in, in, in two three four five months but he but he found a way to make it on what he had and I think we have to continue to to fight for equity fight for equality but now we have to look at things uh, more like justice. You know, there, there's a there's a cartoon that that talked about equality and, and it showed what equity looked like. And it was a fence. It was a solid wood fence. How about we just move the, the boundaries? We, we, we move the thing that is stopping us from all enjoying what we all should want to and uh, deserve to enjoy. Let's take let's, let's take those fences down and start building and putting the building blocks together to make this community what it's supposed to be, what it could be, not what the special interest group would have us believe it can't be. It's important that we put in the work. Cool, cool. Understand that, brother. Understand that very well. So eloquently put. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give my little, little piece, and I'm going to give you the final word, brother. I think you got everything out that you needed to get out, and if you forgot something, there will be the time to do it. I just want to say, yeah, um, I think everything sounds good. Everything that sounds good that you have, uh, you have a good plan, in my opinion. Um, you know, we just had a little small disagreement on 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 the way that the that we you know battle certain things. But hey, that's just you know our opinion. You know, we can you know I can handle it this way, and you can handle it my way. And um, yeah, man. With that being said, go and give us the last word, brother. Well, David, I'm Joseph Gilbert. I'm running for Justice of the Peace Precinct 2. And I'm asking, humbly asking, for your support and the support of all the citizens in Port Arthur to make this happen. Uh, for the citizens of Port Arthur. That, and, I, and I just want to stress that. It's for the, it's for, for the people here of Port Arthur. And, and that's how important this election is. Uh, we have an opportunity to send a clear message that uh, we would no longer uh, accept uh, what the special interest group is offering. Uh, we want to break our ties, break our chain. Uh, we can free some folks just simply 
uh, by casting your vote for Joseph Guillory uh, starting on February the 14th. That's early voting. We need to encourage everyone to get out early and vote. Uh, we don't want to wait till election day to uh, have election day to decide uh, who's uh, the leg legitimate uh, representation for this office. Uh, I believe I have the I have the only plan. I believe I'm the best candidate for the job, or the only candidate for this job. And uh, I hope that you see it the same way. And David, I want to say thank you for an opportunity to share my perspective. Um, I hope you're able to share this with as many uh, listeners as possible. Uh, maybe um, you can take it to the radio station. Maybe they'll play it. Uh, I know you have relationships there, but we need to, to get as many people uh, on board that's willing to uh, to participate and that would, would like to see a better Port Arthur. And again, I'm Joseph Guillory, and I approve of everything that I've said today. Thank you for this opportunity, David. Yes, sir. No problem. Oh, and one more thing I wanted to say, and uh, I just want to extend out if Mr. DeRuin wants to come on and show us, a, you know, it's an open invitation to him. Don't want to make it seem like I'm one-sided on anything. And if there's anything he wants to come over and uh, kind of explain or defend, that'll be, he can do it anytime that he feels like. And for that, um, appreciate everybody for listening. Take it easy. Peace.